What's going on, Austin surrounding areas? Hey, wherever you are, this is The Grapevine. As always, I am Giannis Banks, and I'm here with my... Don't even worry about an adjective today. I got it. I'm here. Because you can even remember the station we were on. Cut me off of my adjective. <laughs> I was like, he ain't going to do me dirty and have me with, nah, the, with the long pause nah, and everything. Now nah, I'm here with my rude co-host. <laughs> Miss Nikki Wooding. Tell me. I'm here. Hey, hey. Don't do me dirty. Too late. Now we are. (laughs) I'm just saying. I ain't got dirt in my hand. I throw it on you right now. (laughs) Uh, I'll show up next time with a bag of dirt just in case. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hater. It's okay. But I'm here. I'm glad you're here. Yes. Another great week. Uh huh. Another great show is in store. Yes. We made it to Thursday. Hey. Happy birthday, Dad. Today's my dad's birthday. All right, now. Happy birthday to your peppy. Yeah, and my uncle, Corbin, he's out in Hinesville, Georgia. They twins? Nah, but let me tell you, my grandma had all... (laughs) No, no. No, no. No, Listen, my grandma had her boys in September and October. She took over the months. So, happy birthday to all my uncles. (laughs) They're born in September, October, I hope. I hope so I'm not messing that up. They're not sharing the same birthday. No, they don't have the same birthday. Okay, so that's what you like. And my arm, like, oh, oh no. Dang, you said your daddy's birthday today, and your uncle? No, today's my dad's birthday, but last week okay. was my uncle's birthday. I just like, man, your grandma just timed that thing out. Like, we know what we're doing. Right. Or maybe it was this week. Don't hurt yourself. Okay. Yeah. All right, but happy birthday. You ahead. Just rock with it. <laughs> before you get behind and right okay y'all well, know how to reach her if y'all don't like what she said right y'all know his number y'all can call Giannis you call Nikki it's your family <laughs> they know I forget mm-hmm. I forget about I'll forget about my own birthday mm. only one I know is Joel's that's mm. good yeah yeah I, I'll stick with that there you go but anyway we got some great news okay what's that <laughs> I'm like, I said okay, so I'm like, okay, well, what we got? We got a, um, our new show, new time, okay, new day. There we go. I guess it's not a new show. I was like, I was like, yeah, I, the way you gave me the look like, wait a minute, it's like a new it's show. A same show, but just a new time and new date. See, now you just broke the news. Look at you. I did. All right, so because you, you know, fumbled the the pass, right? Scoop up and save. Thank you, yeah. thank you. I appreciate that in our friendship too. I almost had the wrong analogy. I almost embarrassed myself. Oh, okay. Well, our our show is moving to Fridays, so we'll be on at noon until one o'clock. Yes. Also, fun is we'll be live. So right. we want to hear from you, our listeners. Mm-hmm. We will have segments during the show where you can call in mm-hmm. and we can hear your perspective, some of your stories, and maybe even some black excellence as well. Yeah. I just want to shout out you, Giannis. You have been definitely one of the MVPs of this show. Hey. You edit this show, you get it together, load it up, <laughs> make sure it's ready. We record this show and you just get it done and just do it so flawlessly. I am so gracious to have a wonderful, see, no pause in the adjective, but I swear. That's <laughs> well, the first time you gave me a compliment. What? Like what, when I do it, I have to, you know, remember whatever what I, what I said the week before and the week before that. And, you know, you don't want to be repeating what you just said. You so. don't, you know what? That saying. is not the only time I give you a compliment. But anyway, <laughs> I just want to give you your shout out. Remind you how wonderful and how you are such a vital role in the heartbeat of this show. And just thank you so much well, for all that it. you do. It's a team effort, ma'am. It's a team effort. Yes. 
But also, speaking of team, Team Texas, guess what? We need you to make sure you are voting. Wow, I was like, what we're going? Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you have 13 days until early voting begins. Uh-huh. If you haven't registered, you had until the 11th to register to vote. Mm-hmm. If you haven't by now, then we're not be able to participate in this November election. So just get prepared for that. If, if you have registered, state ID. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a driver license or a ID card, there is a free ID the state can get you as well just for voting purposes. Your passport can work. Military ID will also work. Your concealed handgun license will work as well. Really? Yes. That's uh, Texas for you. It is. Your school ID will not work. So that's not... Your education won't work. No. But your firearm won't work. Yes. Okay. And that, we, that was a whole... Fun debate in itself. I bet you it was. So make sure you have those items that you will need to go and vote. Start working on that now. And as it gets closer to early voting time, the League of Women Voters will have their voting guide out. Mm-hmm. Nonpartisan, not biased. They send the questions out to the candidates. The candidates either answer them or they don't. And they print the answers in the guide. And you can look at it if you need help researching who you want to vote for. So. Right. All right. Yeah, I guess we survived that first week of ACL. Oh, yeah. On to week two. So if you're in in town for ACL. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Austin. All this traffic y'all bring. I know. We're going to have a whole conversation with y'all about that. Anyway, be safe and have fun out there. I know. Enjoy Austin. I know we're weird, and that's a part of our staple to this city. But also, you are in the live music capital, so I hope you are enjoying the experience. Make sure to hit up the food trucks. Let me tell you, we are a foodie town. One thing I am not ever while I'm here is hungry. Mm -hmm. So make sure to hit up our plenty of restaurants that we have out here and food trucks and get your grub on while you're here. And support your local community radio station. KZIFM.org. Well, they are. They're listening to us. Yeah, hit that support tab as well. So you okay. can go ahead and drop a few dollars in the bucket as well to help this station keep doing what they're doing. Shameless. Shameless plug. Right. At the beginning of the show. So, hey, welcome. Pay a fee. Um... <laughs> Not pay a fee. Hey. Not pay a fee. Donate. Okay. Donate a fee. Um, <laughs> it's not a fee, but support your local community stations. They can do that by going to www.kazifm.org. And there is a campaign that we are having right now mm-hmm. for our 40th year yes. anniversary. Yes. And we're just looking for people to donate some money so we can make sure that we go on to 50, 60, and 100 years. Yeah, make our upgrades and keep us going. Right. We are the only black radio station here in Austin. Mm. So we want to make sure that we keep our presence here. There we go. Because it's much needed. Yes. Now, speaking of what's happening around the state. Mm. What we got? We're going to talk about Uvalde because Mm. they stay in the news and rightfully so. Right. So the school district there, they have suspended its entire police force. Mm. And this is not funny with the superintendent. He's announced his retirement plans as well. Like, yo, I'm done. The Uvalde school superintendent? Yes. What? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm out. This, um, I'm tired of this attention, I guess. So this happened last Friday. This is following a report that came out that the officer that was recently hired, she was actually one of the first people to respond to the school shooting earlier this year. So wait, she was hired to replace the other guy that they fired? Not the police chief, but she was hired right. onto the police force. Oh. And background check found out that, hey, she actually was one of the first responders to the school shooting that happened earlier. She was one of the first five people who showed up. So, there's been some concern with family on 
understandably so, about this hiring, as well as some others as well, and the rest of the police department. You want to add in there that why also, what the recording came out of her? Yeah, we were going to. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know if that was. <laughs> No, no, you could. Oh, because we're moving to the next person. I didn't know if you want to keep it all. I was saying her, and then as what the rest of the police department, they're being moved to other roles. So they're not letting, they're not, you know, doing anything with, with, well, I guess they're just moving to other roles inside the school district. And two of the officers were placed on leave with one retiring. Lieutenant Miguel Hernandez and Kim Mueller were placed on leave. Mueller said, I'm just going to retire. We're good. They didn't say why. Now, getting to the woman who was hired and her name is crimson elizondo mm -hmm. i remember i read a story about elizondo mm -hmm. is that how you say her name we're gonna say and if we're incorrect our apologies but elizondo like you were saying earlier she was one of the first responders to the building mm -hmm. and now as this investigation is going on body cam footage has been released about some of the dialogue that the officers were happening and she had made a statement that if her son were inside the building then she wouldn't be outside she was basically saying that she would have been in the building as well rescuing her child and it was kind of insensitive to the idea that all because it wasn't her child that the same measures weren't being taken right now now, yes, is there a question whether she had the authority to go in despite her feelings? I don't know of that, whether she could have done that. But yes, it was insensitive for these parents to hear yeah. as they're going through this investigation. Yeah, like if you were going to ignore orders, I get it, for your child. Right. Then you have cause to ignore orders. You understood the gravity of that situation. Mm. Now, they are saying they don't know if, because they asked DPS for a background check before they hired her. They don't know if the background check came out before or after she was hired. Okay. But when they did the check, it did come back flagged basically because of the Uvalde incident. So, I said actions inconsistent with training and department requirements. The hiring person, Hernandez, uh, he responded to the email and said, okay, got it. So, he acknowledged he received mm -hmm. that and she was still hired. The families there were definitely upset about this. And like I said, I understand why. And they feel like that there shouldn't be any of the school's police force involved with the schools until the investigations are completely done to see where it went wrong. There's no trust with the families right now dealing with the Uvalde School Police Department, and they don't want any of those police officers in the schools because of what happened a few months back. Mm -hmm. Which I can't blame them. Yeah. I mean, and again, this is an ongoing investigation. Mm -hmm. So details are, of course, still coming out as to what happened and footage, audio is still being released and assessed by lawyers, families, and everything else. I don't know, as this unfolds, Uvalde's not a big city in Texas. So maybe there might be other officers that they pull from that to protect their kids now that were a part of that incident. Yeah, I know DPS said they're going to pick up, I guess, the slack of those officers not being there. I don't know what that mm. would do, what that looks like. We will see what happens. Yeah, okay. Moving on, they had talked to Governor Abbott about what was happening with Uvalde Police Department, but he has his own things he needs to worry about. Why? Uh, story has come out that when you're looking to this border wall that was built, you know, he talked about building a border wall mm -hmm. a few months back in the whole nine, and we've talked about Brett Favre in Mississippi. Well, the governor, Greg Abbott, has used COVID aid to pay for the border wall. Now, he steered $1 billion in federal pandemic dollars to his Operation Lone Star, which is what they call that. Wait, home. how much again? $1 billion. Well, That was with a B? Yes, with a B. 
Now, it was through accounting tricks, and normally the legislature would appropriate the funds. Third, they weren't in session, so he declared a disaster area in South Texas so he could do basically what he wanted to do. And then what he did is, he said, you know, we need more National Guard and more troopers at the border. And so during the session, originally he asked for $1.1 billion to pay for 700 border guards and their supplies. Right. He then decided that that wasn't enough. And when he called them back for a special session, he said, I need another $1.9 billion to pay for 1,800 guards, troopers, and to build the border wall, which they called Operation Steel Curtain. And the legislators did that. Then he decided on December 21st, we're going to build this wall. And the price tag was basically $3 billion, And he wanted 7,500 more lawmen at the border with his goal to have a 10,000 strong people to pay for the bill. He said he needed another $1 billion. So he went to the federal hat and pulled it out of the CARES Act and the American Rescue Plan. Now, the money was designated for specific things that states could use this for. Mm -hmm. Building a border wall was not one of them. And police officers was also not a one, one of them. He said not. Was not. Okay. So what he did was, and this has a lot of people wanting this to be looked at on a federal level. Mm -hmm. And there's some state legislators are questioning this as well. What he did is that they went to different state agencies. Mm -hmm. In January 2022, Governor Abbott wrote to the heads of the Department of Criminal Justice, the Alcohol Beverage Commission, and the Department of Public Safety, saying that the governor's office approved the transfer mm. of their revenues totaling $480 million. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. On top of the billion he's already gotten. Well, this is how he's getting the billion. He's transferring got money okay. from their budget to pay for the wall and is going to cover it by taking the CARES Act money and putting it in their budget saying, well, it's going for this. So it's and not hiding anything about it. So he's like, yo, you're not going to lose a cent. Right. And I can increase the budget of OL, the OLS budget. So he's going to give his budget for that Operation Lone Star more money by taking money from these agencies. Wow. So he took 480 million. Then he decided, you know what? I need some more. So in April, he wrote those same department heads again and added three other agencies to the list and got nearly $500 million. And here's what he wrote on April 29th. Dear agency heads, we received your letter dated April 28th. The day before. Right. Requesting to transfer your general revenue funds, the programs within the office of the governor. These transfers are meant to support the deployment of National Guard with $465.3 million and border operations in other state agencies with $30 million. Wait, so he said he put the money back in the pot? Mm-hmm. Basically. The From day where? Is, they are taking... That's what we're trying to figure out right now. They're taking the corona recovery money, putting it into their budget so they don't lose anything. Right. And therefore, taking money from their budget to put towards this border wall. So this extra money that the state was supposed to have to take care of people, like this is supposed to be extra money. This is not supposed yeah, to be Yeah, this is public safety, right? criminal justice department, mm -hmm. and the Alcohol Beverage Commission. Right. Oh my gosh. So this money was supposed to help with issues, right? It wasn't supposed to go and supplement you taking money from people, basically, right? Right. So, like, the CARES Act was meant to offer aid to people, health facilities, small businesses, state and local governments. And when it passed the American Rescue Plan, the Treasury Department told local governments that the funds were to help them care for, quote-unquote, their most vulnerable citizens. Out of that money, Texas got $65 billion between the CARES Act and the American Rescue Plan. $25 billion from the CARES Act, $40 billion from the American Rescue Plan. And the goals were supposed to be 
reduce economic hardships by providing families with emergency rental assistance, covering delinquent mortgage payments, increasing child tax credits, waiving federal income taxes on the first 10200 of unemployment benefits for middle and lower income families. They were also meant to pay for protective equipment and COVID tests to help small businesses, hospitals, nursing homes, nonprofits, and frontline workers. Finally, it stated that it would help the states build the infrastructure needed to deliver water, sewer, and broadband services to, for example, to allow students to virtually study because we know what was going on. And the state had been slow to release that money for that. Now, it did say that the money could not be used to pay for debt services or legal fees to build a rainy day fund or financial reserves. And the states couldn't use it to offset tax cuts, build prisons and jails, or pay police and trooper salaries. So exactly what they were doing. Right. Unless they were substantially dedicated to mitigating and responding to COVID-19. This is what the bill said regarding the COVID relief fund, the CARES Act. That's what the Treasury, United States Treasury said that the money could not be used for. Correct. So we had limitations on how this was used. Right. So overall, it seemed like these agencies coughed up a lot of money. So you're saying 54 million came from criminal justice. Uh Uh-huh. 159 million came from the Department of Public Safety. Yes. 210 million mm-hmm. came from the Health and Human Services Commission, which is blowing my mind because this is a COVID relief fund, mm-hmm. but okay. Right. 36 million came from the State Health Services and 4 million from the Texas Alcohol Beverage Commission and 31 million for the Texas Juvenile Justice Department. And we've talked about issues that some of these departments have been having. Right. Juvenile justice being one as well as the criminal justice department. We just talked about how juvenile justice didn't have enough people to staff. Uh-huh. They were having issues issues, even have to ask teachers and other social workers to come in to help staff these correction facilities and everything. Yep. They didn't have proper food facilities for the youth that were there. Right. And it was, it's a mess right now. Right. And now we're finding out that Abbott is contributing to they, this problem. They could have had more money, right? And then when we had a whole pandemic going on, mm-hmm. we can't get tests or other supplies and everything else here in Texas because he's taking money from Health and Human Services. Right. So the, during the legislative oh. session, you had a legislator that was begging the state to release the funds, and the state had been dragging its feet to release the funds. Now, he's not operating alone because he can't do this just by himself. So the letter that was sent out was signed by the Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, Speaker of the House Dan Phelan, the Chair of the Senate Committee on Finance, uh, Senator Jane Huffman, she's retiring, and the Chair of House Appropriations Committee, Representative Greg Bonnet. They all okayed it. No problem. It's interesting to note that the head of the Texas Juvenile Justice Department quit on the same day that they received those letters. Now, is it because she was concerned about what was happening? Probably. Good chance. Now, it does say that there were the nine Democratic representatives of U.S. Congress. They have asked the Biden administration to review the OLS funding, and this came after Abbott announced that Texas would divert about $500 million from state agencies to the board admission. If we call in Brett Favre, the welfare queen, Abbott has won the title of COVID queen. Yeah. <laughs> He's claiming that these were all eligible for what he did. Of course. They've had... I mean, do you expect him to come out there and say that he was wrong in anything he did? Of course he's going to stand by what he did. But it's just ridiculous that he's gone to these extremes to help fund this quote-unquote border issue. And let's not even stop there. Because obviously his money hasn't solved the issue, which is why he had to go get a plane to go send people up the East Coast to Martha's Vineyard, Mm -hmm. D.C., and everything else. So 
he can remove them from the border. So if his strategy in $65 billion was working here at the border, would we even have that issue where he needed to go move these migrants and take them on a plane and everything? Of course, we know it's a political stunt behind it. If I remember correctly, it's quite possible some of the money from the oh. OLS paid for the buses for the... So our COVID money paid for that. You could say that, yes. Now, he, wow. he has said yes that OLS, Operation Lone Star, should be funded by COVID relief dollars. His argument is that funds were needed by the state troopers at the Department of Public Safety and gay wardens at the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department who were drawn to the front line of numerous response efforts. He had his policy and budget director Sarah Hicks last April during a Senate hearing. She was asked questions about this and how OLS border guards will be paid when the funds transfer in January ran out. She said, quote, another swap could be done with up to 600 million more in federal COVID funds, enough to pay OLS through August of 2022. So we're past that point now. At another budget hearing for the House, she reported the amount of general revenue swap with COVID dollars had now reached $5.9 billion. And she repeated the same line that these funds were used to pay state workers' salaries. Okay. And I, I, she said more will be needed after August 2022. This is a lot. Like, yeah. wow. And of, of course, remind the people there's a governor race. There's all kinds of elections <laughs> going on in the world. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I don't need y'all to forget in two months. Oh, well, no, two months. Next month. Yeah. I'm Thir sorry. 13 days. In 13 days. I, I don't need anybody forgetting. Let's remind the good people that there have been a there's been a lot going on. I hope people have stayed up to speed with yeah. so much going on. You know, here at the Grapevine, we try to do our best and to make sure that people are aware. This is wow. It's a lot. You know, elections has consequences, and at the end of the day, if you agree with what they did, do what you do. If you disagree, do something about it. Right. This is your time, right? So we just want you to be informed of what's out there. Yep. This is what's out there. We'll leave it at that. Right. Okay. Going on to national news. California. Mm-hmm. Y'all got some stuff going on out there. Yeah. Yo. They, did you hear that uh, That lady at the city hall? Was it the city hall or city council meeting? City council, yeah. She went off. She was not playing <laughs> with me. She wasn't playing. She did the ether beat. That's the song is to yeah. live and she, die in L.A. I know that's right. So if you hadn't heard, mm -hmm. it was, I believe, earlier this week. Mm -hmm. There were some council members recordings that got posted to Reddit mm -hmm. where council members referred to another council member's black son as a little monkey in Spanish mm. and likened him to an accessory who deserves a beatdown. Wow. With one of the council members, and I will get her name, and as well as Ron Herrera. So Nuri Martinez? Mm -hmm. Is that you talking about? Yes. Yes, she is... She was the council president, council president. And she stepped down as council president, but folks are calling for her to resign her seat because she was also one saying, I would take his son around the corner so he can get a beating. And said that the council member is raising his son to be a white kid. And so people have come out, come out, including President Biden, has come out and said that, yeah, they all three council members need to resign. Not just step down from your president's seat, but you got to go. And Nuri Martinez is one of them. At this session you talked about, she didn't attend. But the other two, Kevin DeLeon, and Gil Cedillo, they both was there. Now, the council member they talked about, his name was Mike Bonin. Bonin? Mm -hmm. Bonin. Whose son was called a racial slayer by Martina. And he said, asking for forgiveness is a good first step. Mm -hmm. Then he came back and said, well, it's a second step because first you must resign and then ask for forgiveness. 
So he's asking for them to step down. I don't know if this is correct or not, but the demographic in Los Angeles, we got 49% Hispanic and 25% non-Hispanic. And that's about, I, I, I don't think this is right because it says 8% black. I refuse to believe that's correct. But nonetheless, I just think. It may very well. It may be, but I just think for her to just be so tone deaf to her own constituents, and then not only that is you are hired on the job to serve these people that you are condemning. How? Right. Just, how can you do that? They try they try to tie it into some districting things and talking about how black folks are gonna come take their districts and That's everywhere. Yada, That's what yada, they complain yada. about everywhere. Right. And this is not it. Now she released a statement, Martinez mm-hmm. released a statement on Tuesday saying she would you wanna have a guess? What? Take some time to have an honest and heartfelt conversation with my family, my constituents and community leaders. Why is she talking to constituents? She was just talking about them. You know what I'm saying? Like, even on the streets, we say, if if you're going to say it behind my back, say it to my face. Yeah. I mean, literally, the people have said it back to her face. You saw the lady at the meeting? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, she needed a whole ether beat behind her because they're over it. I think people are at the point where we are tired of people getting into these roles and forgetting the people who they're supposed to be serving. They tried to come with the nice package of a platform to get elected, and then once they are, they forget about you and use you when whatever means to one, stay in the position or manipulate you to take money and cash out in their position. Mm-hmm. And now, people are getting frustrated. Cedillo is on his way out. He lost his primary. Mm-hmm. But the other two, Martinez and De Leon, are not up for re-election until 2024. Mm-hmm. I can't see a way that they're going to be able to stay on council because they're going to be alienated and I ain't talking to you and I want to slap you every day I see you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they really don't have any other choice but to step down, I believe. But folks there in the community have talked about this. Does not help with people trying to do grow that working together black and brown communities. But this isn't it. This does nothing but to divide the groups in the city even more by just you know making these comments and having these beliefs as leaders of the city. So right, and I mean people are like, okay, well, what's the relevance of city council? We have a mayor there and everything else. But don't forget, city council are the people that approve a lot of the municipal rules, of course, that go on in the city. They also approve like if there is an issue with police brutality or any issues like that mm-hmm. when they before they cut the check mm-hmm. city council gotta approve it mm-hmm. and, and, and and this is LA so that there could be a lot more they do correct uh, that's I, true I would say we would need to study their city charter and their right. form of, of right. government but what you are saying that's local government that right. has a lot to do with the taxes and things of that nature that you're talking about but so. my thing is it, let's let's take for what she said she wants to go and talk to her constituents and do that you know what you could have that conversation outside of your role step down from your role have that conversation so that you can understand once you get if you were to run again for office and everything else you understand the people that you're serving because you can't understand it in the role because you're already there right you you already are focused on a job right now. So let's take your focus away from the job. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and give you what you want. Let's go ahead and give you the apology tour that you want to go on and the educational lessons about the demographic that you were supposed to be serving. Yeah. You're going to learn that off the job because you're wasting taxpayer money by sitting on the job acting like you know them mm-hmm. well enough to be able to serve them to the level that of their expectation. Yeah. So you need to go ahead and go move to the side. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, 
<laughs> and this is for folks on both sides or all the different aisles. You got to take them for what they say. Yeah. They may do a lot of things, but what they say is who they are, right? Yeah. They'll come back with the apology tour and I need to listen and this doesn't reflect who I am and I was just stressed or whatever else. But this is not me. This is not my heart. You said it because it, it's you. It's in your heart. Yep. Speaking of racist remarks, why stop in California? Uh-oh. Let's go to where we normally know racism. Well, I shouldn't even say normally, but where it's expected. From the South. Tommy mm. Tuberville. Mm. The way you said that, that was a pivot. Okay. Yeah. And that name may sound familiar to some, especially if you're a football fan. Right. He was once the head coach of Auburn. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's how he got elected to become a U.S. citizen because he was a football coach. You gotta stop putting these people, but okay. And he has his fair share of stupid things he's said since he's been in office. Mm-hmm. This one is probably gonna take the cake, though. At a Donald Trump campaign rally, he was promoting this racist narrative about black people and crime. This happened Saturday, and this even caused some black Republicans to be like, yo, I can't even co-sign. Now, some of them still kind of defended him. Part of what he said, they said they want to control... Tuberville said, right? Tuberville, right. That's what Tuberville said. They want to control what you have. They want reparations because they think that people that do crime are owed that. Hold on. I want to know who is this day. He's talking about Democrats. Okay. Okay. They's the Democrats. Mm -hmm. And so he's saying Democrats want crime because they want to take over what you got. Mm. They want to control what you have and they want reparations because they think that people that do crime are owed that. Now, who talks about getting reparations? Real quick. Black folks. Okay. Just want to make sure you... mm -hmm. We in the same page, right? Okay, wait. See that last part again? They want reparations because they think the people that do crime are owed that. So all black folks do crime is what he is saying. Who else has been talking about reparations? I Okay, I was taking it the wrong way. Because when I heard you say when he believes that people that have done crime are owed reparations, I was taking it as though he was saying that the crime was against these people and yeah. for that was owed. But my I this, that was skewed, my view. So, what? The Alabama GOP, they've been quiet. Republican National Committee, they've been quiet. Senator Tuberville's office, he ain't saying nothing. So, black people were the only ones committing crime. Is he the same guy that recently said that get a crackhead to go and um, if you need help? He had a, a political ad that was out. Is he going against Chambers? I don't know. That I can't remember. Okay, because there was a guy that's running for office in Louisiana that said... He's from Alabama. Oh, okay, my bad. Wrong state. There was not so much racism going on in the South that didn't remember who it was. Okay. Right, and now there was one of his fellows, one of his guys was on one of the morning show congressmen from the South. He said, you know, I, I would have said something nicer, basically. Nicer? Nicer. Okay. You know what? Mm-mm. No. You know what? I'm not I'm not even going to give this Yeah. Not, not even much, even more thought. No. Okay. But what, again, when they say what they say, they show who they are. They really do. And I, you know what? Believe in the first time. Meanwhile, Joe Biden on Thursday, you, I know you probably heard the announcement. He has a new executive order aimed at decriminalizing the U.S. stance on marijuana. So it's a three, I call it the three step plan. Do you, do you agree with me? Or the three goals, if you will? Yeah. Three goals. Because three goals. Because one of the steps yeah. states have to comply and Abbott has already said I ain't doing it. Right. Okay. The three goals here, and I think he's achieved one, is pardoning any federal convictions of 
simple marijuana possession, okay? Mm-hmm. Two was getting the states to decriminalize marijuana as well. Mm-hmm. Then goal three was to get the FDA to reconsider the scheduling of marijuana because it's on the same threshold as other drugs such as heroin and LSD. He and a lot of other people agree it is classified in the wrong category. Category. There you go. Yeah. So no, I'm and I'm sorry, not the Federal Drug Administration. The um, Drug Enforcement Administration. So those were his three goals. Now, I want to make sure that everyone is clear because people were like, oh, so if you have a marijuana possession conviction, then you're going to automatically be let out of jail. Wait a minute. Hold on. If you are facing a state marijuana charge or have a state marijuana charge, this order does not pardon you as well. Okay. So these are only for federal charges. Next, if you are unlawfully present non-citizen charged federally with simple possession of marijuana, this does not apply. Again, this is means that undocumented immigrants will not be pardoned if they have an existing federal charge for this simple marijuana possession. Next, individuals charged in the future for federal simple marijuana possession charge. Notice that the proclamation, it only affects those whose offenses occurred on or before October 6, 2022. It does not have effect on these offenses occurring after October 6, 2022. However, maybe he can present another pardon or restructure this in some means. I think that's where the the, the DEA, Mm -hmm. I think that's where the reclassification can come in. Can come in, right. To help with that moving forward. I don't know if he could have did an executive order to make it go forward in the future and definitely I don't know. I would have to look, but I think part of that sets it up so that they can get the DEA to do its part and maybe helps keep it safe from any kind of court challenges, which I'm sure you're going to have. Right. That probably was a way to try to help keep that as clean as possible. Right. Last but not least, individuals that are charged with other offenses. So if you or a person has additional charges, not only the federal simple possession of marijuana, but say there was trafficking or marketing or underage sale or whatever it was that's also there mm-hmm. as a part of the charges, then it would not apply. That would not pardon them as well. Right. The DOJ has also said that individuals that will not apply are those that were convicted of possessing multiple different controlled substances in the same offense. So basically saying if it was marijuana and ecstasy, correct, or something else, right, then you won't qualify. So I just want to make sure that people were clear because there has been a lot of conversation going on and some information has been inaccurate. There we go. So, yeah, I, I think that he said during his campaign that one of his goals was to decriminalize or make steps towards the decriminalization Mm -hmm. of marijuana and part of the stigma that's associated with it as well. Mm -hmm. So I believe that this is a step in alignment from what he said from his campaign. Yeah, part of when he put that statement out about the executive order was that since Congress is not acting on Mm -hmm. anything, this is what he can do. He, of course, would prefer for it to go through Congress and go that way. Mm -hmm. ain't doing anything, so this is what he can do. Mm. Now, speaking of him doing something. Okay, what else he doing? Well, remember there was a conversation about the student loan forgiveness. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was supposed to start up. The applications and things were supposed to pop up this month. Of course, there are going to be some court challenges to that as well. Well, there's been multiple, I guess, legal challenges. But what they did on Tuesday was at least release a preview of the application form for the student debt release cancelization. Mm. 
again, it's not available for you to fill out yet, but they want to give you an idea of what you're going to need so that once it goes live, you'll be prepared and hit the ground running, right? Okay. It'll be accessible on cell phones as well as computers. So if you don't have a computer, don't worry. If you can use your cell phone for stuff, you can do that. It'll be both English and Spanish and designed for people with disabilities. You will need to have your social security number. Okay. You will need to sign and agree to a form about what you earn. And then, of course, if you found to provide false information, will be subject to significant fines and perhaps jail time. So be truthful with what you're doing. They said this application is simple and straightforward and keeps questions to a minimal and was designed after being tested. So they don't know when the lunch date will be. So just keep an eye out for that. But they're saying it is full steam ahead with this plan, though, even though there are those legal challenges. Okay. Just be on the lookout for it and be ready. Okay. Oh, it's me, the legal minute. Mm-hmm. Ready? I'm about to run through these stories. Yeah. All right, let's go. Layla Ali, the daughter of boxing legend Muhammad Ali. She is trying to file a trademark of her name, and the company that owns her father's name has filed an opposition against her filing at the USPTO or the United States Trademark and Patent Office. So if you know Layla Ali, she followed in her father's footsteps, had a boxing career, but has also started multiple business ventures and has established her name and expanded her lifestyle brand. She has cookbooks, nutrition and skincare products, apparel, home decor and more. So basically over the past 10 years, she's created a multi-million dollar empire. And to secure her legacy, she was trying to trademark her name. ABG, you might have heard of that company before because we talked about them when we talked about Shaq and his son's issue. They're a brand development, marketing, and entertainment company who owns Muhammad Ali's trademark and likeness after Mr. Ali sold him the rights back in 2006 for $50 million. That's so cheap. But- right? I was surprised that he only sold it for 50 million. But okay, once people file a application at the USPTO, it is printed in the register. They send it out to everybody to let people know who's been filing or what's going on. And of course, people and attorneys monitor what applications have been submitted. They took notice to Layla Ali's filing and they filed a notice of opposition. Like I said before, this is the same company that started the beef between Shaq and his son, Shakir O'Neal. That's preventing him from trademarking his name and likeness. This could take years to resolve like any intellectual property issue. So we will see how this plays out. But it's interesting to note, a lot of people are like, well, it's his daughter or it's his, you know, Shaq in that situation. It's his son. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's not Shaq making those decisions or it's not Muhammad Ali's estate making these decisions. It's the company. So they're the ones that's behind the filing of the notice of opposition. So they don't have probably the compassion that a father would have for their child. They're looking more for the monetary game and how it could interrupt their bottom line at the end of the day. Still, do I think it's right? Yeah, you know, there's a moral side to it, which I agree that there are issues and I can see that how this can be convoluted in many ways. But from a business standpoint, if someone had any name that's similar to the name that's filed, would I file something against it? Probably. You don't want to make it appear as though you're not going to fight back if there are issues with somebody going against the name. Of course, there's the moral side to it. And I think that's the hump that people are struggling to get over is this is a father-daughter relationship or a father-son relationship and why would you stand in the way of them trying to capitalize off something as simple as their own name which their dad gave them I, I see you making faces so what you gotta say say something uh, no. 
Whatever. <laughs> I know you got something. Oh, I got a lot. I know. Yeah. I know. I but I, I I understand both sides. I really do. And I understand probably your perspective more than I do the company's perspective because it doesn't look good. Optics look horrible of you being in a company who's supposed to be representing the best interests of using his name and likeness to not be able to afford that opportunity to the child that he gave the name to. You know? And so it's so Yeah. Um, mm. So because I know since you mentioned Shaq's. Okay. Like, I, I get look, I understood the one with Shaq more because the spelling was the same from their from their name was Shaquille and Shakir. Same you know spelling. the difference between the two. But I get the names, the spellings the same, and even saying that you can think one way or the other. So with, wait, with, hold on, hold on. Okay, so from the standard of a trademark, so let me give it to you. Sure. Likelihood of confusion is our standard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Will you be confused of seeing Shaquille O'Neal versus Shakir O'Neal? That I, would confuse you. Yeah. Okay. The name, even okay. they, they say it whatever, it's like okay, is this a break off or Shaq doing something different? Or what? With her, it's Muhammad Ali and Layla Ali. Layla Ali. So one Muhammad is a common name. It's actually the most common name on the planet, if I remember correctly. It's like it surpassed Bob or George, just being a common name. So okay. And even I don't even think Ali is all that different. But seeing Layla Ali and Muhammad Ali, that one I am a little different on for me because I, if I see the two, right? Yeah. No. There's no confusion to there, you. There's none at all. Like at all. This one I do, but. You know what? The law is the law. And I get there's the legal stuff and the whole nine. But I, I mean, that that makes, I mean, that does strengthen her argument in saying, right, there's two totally different first names. Right. Although they share the same last name, their first names are completely different. So there shouldn't be any likelihood of confusion. I just still think with Shakir and Sh- Shaquille O'Neal. It's, it's even hard to say. Well, his name was just Shakir. I just make sure I wasn't saying Shakur. But that, but that's what, like, I think even trying to say that there's that tongue twister of you got to make sure you say the right O'Neal's name. Between Sha- Shaquille and Shakir, like you actually have to make that for me anyway. I have to make sure I make the effort to say I just call him Shaq, make it easy. But if I'm saying Shaquille or Shakir, I gotta actually think about it. If I'm saying Muhammad and Layla, mm-hmm. that's not much thought. Okay, so if you were on the USPTO board to make that decision with Shaq and Shakir, I'm just curious, what would you say? Was there confusion? There could be confusion. I would. I don't know the legal stuff really? behind it. No, I'm just saying the, like, the as from the standard, right? And where I as am, a consumer, yeah, I, I, I would see some confusion with it. It sucks, and I, I know Shaq's attitude about this stuff. He's well documented on his attitude about this stuff, but you know, that sucks. For her, I feel like hers, it's a common name. Again, mm-hmm. Muhammad, common name. Mm-hmm. Um, Ali is the only, I feel like it's the only thing that they have between the two of them, because their names are, first names are completely different. Right, and that's why I'm like, mm, she's got her own stuff she's been doing, and she's well known. Mm-hmm. At least with Shakir, he's trying to make himself known. Folks know Layla Ali. Like, she boxing champ and all this other stuff. She's known and established, so that's why I think there's it's a little difference between the two. Where she ain't trying to make a name, her she's established. She's established, right? And that's why I'm, I, I see this as just one of those where I, I, I mean, I get you gotta do the legal stuff, but I think this is one they could have let walk by, and like, right? Right. I think they're just trying to maybe since it's the same company of showing Shakir and Shaqu- right Shaquille O'Neal. Right. Look, y'all aren't the only there, household that we strategy. would do that, right? There's a strategy behind right. that. We're not privy to, but yeah, this right. is one of those of yep. You get a groan. Okay, okay. Moving on to our next case. 
we have Beyonce. So Beyonce actually issued a statement in response to Right Said Fred. They claimed that they were not given the proper credit and compensation for her use of their song I'm Too Sexy as a part of her recent Alien Superstar track. So Right Said Fred had allegations that Beyonce was using their compilation of their song I'm Too Sexy and if you aren't familiar with it YouTube it and use it in their song without their permission. Beyonce clapped back and saying that not only did she seek permission from the publisher that she also has compensated them as well. She didn't use the sound recording of the song itself because there are different types of copyrights that you can get. She didn't use a sound recording. She really just used part of the lyrics and composition of the song. It wasn't the whole full recording in which they would be given credit to but nonetheless, she still credited them on the song. So I guess they're complaining about how small or a piece of the pie that they're getting. That's what I'm kind of hearing from their dialogue, them being right said Fred of what they're saying. And I guess they're mad about Beyonce not calling them directly and going to their publisher instead of the artist. And I guess that was the same sentiments that Khalees had, if you remember when she said that Beyonce used Mm -hmm her milkshake song or some part of the song. I don't know how she used it, but she used it originally on the track Then she re-released it and scratched her off completely. I guess they're not satisfied in one, the compensation, or maybe they don't know because they might've went straight to the publisher. So they need to call their people. But two, I guess they didn't get a call from Beyonce personally to allow them to use it, which is what they're mad about as well. Because they did cite the fact that Drake and Taylor Swift, they came to them directly and Beyonce kind of circumvented them and went on to their management or publisher or whoever else. It seems like this is not going to go anywhere because they've already stated the fact that, hey, she has more presence and power and money than they do. And they don't feel like it will go well if they continue to fight this. So they're going to continue looking forward. So let them look forward. And so will we. And Mm -hmm. we'll move on to our last. It's fair to note that they did publicly speak of their gratitude for being on the album. Different from Khalees, who was just mad. They was like, yo, we're glad we're on now. Right, but we're not glad that you didn't call us or give us enough money or credit us so we can get enough royalties. This okay. is why you need to have your business affairs in order when you're doing music. Well, you know what? I will say this. This is not only about that. This is staying in contact with your people to know what the arrangements are. Because had you contacted the publisher and understood the parameters and what they were trying to negotiate and utilize on the album, we wouldn't even know about this conversation. This is a conversation for your publisher and just shows us there's a miscommunication between y'all. See, I think it goes even before that as you're setting up that agreement between publisher right and 09 because mm-hmm. there's a lot of artists who get screwed on that front end and not realizing okay like even with the Khalees thing it was like okay well, they wrote the song they own this that and the third you have a lot of folks in the beginning who just I'm happy I got a deal and they just go along with and it and they write and they and they wave off their um, mm-hmm. writing credit or they'll or use they'll... the company's attorney who is your interest is not theirs yo this is why you gotta make sure your stuff is buttoned up from the front and you have somebody looking out for your interest so you know what you're getting into. Yes, and please say it again. Your interest is not their interest because let me tell you, you do not know how many times people really think these record labels are standing behind them and I'm, <laughs> I have to remind them they are standing behind themselves. Mm-hmm. That completes my legal minute. I will end it there. You remember week four, Monday Night Football. San Francisco 49ers beat the LA Rams. Okay, 
So, there was a guy that ran on the field. People call him a fan. I'm going to just call him a demonstrator because I don't know if he was a fan all the way. Because... All um, kinds of beatings on that field. (laughs) I'm not messing with you. Yeah. So, anyway, Alexander Taylor ran on the field. He had a... What's some baby reveal things? I don't know. Some pink smoke bombs. Okay, there you go. He had one of them baby reveal smoke bombs with him. And I guess he was protesting or demonstrating on behalf of... Direct action everywhere. What is that? Who who are they? They are animal rights organizations. So the pink reveal thing means animal rights organizations, I guess, now. They were bringing awareness to a trial involving alleged theft of pigs from a factory. Oh, the pink was for pigs. I'm assuming. Oh, okay. Anyway, so he decided to do this demonstration in the middle of the football game. As you know, he was tackled by Bobby Wagner, Mm -hmm. linebacker for the Los Angeles Rams. Bobby's not a small man. Not a small man, okay? And defensive end, I don't even want to attempt his first name, but McKinley. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, he went down to the police station, Santa Cruz Police Department, and filed a complaint. (laughs) I can't make this up, y'all. I can't. So, he is seeking legal action against the Rams, Bobby Wagner, but as of right now, Wagner is not facing any charges for the incident, but it was from, what was that guy's name? Yeah, remind me of his name again. Which guy? The guy who got hit? No, the one that, um, yeah, the one that got hit, the fan. <laughs> oh, his name is Alexander Taylor. Okay, so according to him, it was flagrant assault mm-hmm. that happened on the field. Yeah. He says that Wagner drove his helmet and shoulder into him as he was streaking across the field with a smoke bomb. Did you see the game? I saw it. I, this is a game I missed. He, I didn't watch it. He claims to have a concussion. With uh, his report to the cops, he said oh. he had a headache. Concussion. I bet you he did. We all had a headache. We did. Concussion without a loss of consciousness and a burn on his inner right bicep. Look, you do stupid things, you get stupid price. Why are you running around at their place of work not expecting to get laid out? They don't know what you got on you. Right. They don't know what you out there trying to do. It could have been so, that that is like ground for self-defense to me. It's very much so. You are on that field running around with pink smoke. They don't know what that is. Which was illegal in the stadium in the first place. What you about. So they saw you running around away from security. Right. They, they said, yo, take care of this. And there was a second person that was coming on the field too, but she was taken down by security. Right. I believe like one security guard, if you go watch, it's not funny because I think the security guard tore his ACL uh. chasing after him, but you see him running and, and in the way it happened, it was kind of like, oh man, he juked you and that's what happened. And as he was getting away from security, Bobby Wagner said, I got this. Don't worry about it. Right. We playing a game. You know, you, you're you at their job and their place of work. I don't know what you're here for, but I know what you're about to get. Right. This. So, yep. So he being Alexander is trying to capitalize on the situation. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what outcome he was expecting, whether they were just going to let him run all over the field without touching him or anything else. I guess so. I that's crazy to even think that in itself you feel entitled you feel privileged bobby said he took him down for safety reasons yep his head coach said he's unbothered by the player's actions and the incident told reporters we all know what bobby intentions were 
Wagner, mm -hmm. and I support Bobby Wagner. And truthfully, I cannot see any charges coming out. I, I'd be confused right. if charges came out of this because, again, you were a threat because you were on their field. They right. know what you got, what you wanted, what you were doing. They had to worry about their safety. You weren't supposed to be there. They took care of it. Like right. a bouncer in the club. Look, you you should have thought it through. Right. And I want our audience and our listeners to actually hear this. The fact that Giannis did speak during my legal minute and I was not mad about it. So, of all the weeks you have said, oh, let me be quiet during your legal minute. I just want to let y'all know it has not been me, like, sitting over him, turning off his mic or anything like that. You see how he's included. One week out, Graciously. Of, out of a year. She... Graciously. I just wanted to say that. Just She's... make sure that everybody hears this. So humble. I know. Thank you. I graciously let you. And make sure you add that to the list of adjectives. Uh-huh. Okay. Just want, just want to let y'all know. Yeah, so but anyway. Humble. So humble. <laughs> You know, we won't check you for a concussion. Because speaking of concussions, I don't know if you saw the tapes. You showed me the tapes. I know. Of, Yo, that was crazy. Of Tua. I've been missing all these games. Well, I've been busy. Uh-huh. Tua, Tonga Vailoa. Okay. It's been a rough two weeks for Tua. Right. And it had a lot of people concerned and upset, and rightfully so. Right. If you don't know what we're talking about, Tua Tonga Vailoa, quarterback for the Dolphins, when they played against the Bills a couple Mondays ago, had a hit on the field. He got sacked. His head hit the turf. He got up, kind of shook his head a little bit, did a few steps, pretty much collapsed. His legs buckled. He Mm -hmm. He had to catch him, hold him up. You know, he tried to clear his head some more. He went out the game. Team said when he went out, he's going to concussion protocol. They're right. going to check him for concussion. Right. Halftime happened. Mm -hmm. They changed it. Ah, oh, man. Tua said it was his... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing because I can think of Friday. My neck and my back. But it was his back and his ankle is why he buckled. So he's back in the game. Mm -hmm. I watched that game. I looked at my cousin like, man, y'all back because he's a Dolphins fan. Mm -hmm. So your boy Teddy Two Gloves about to be in the game. That's the name of the backup quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater. Y'all riding with Teddy now because that's a concussion. He shouldn't play no more. This right. game. We got what happened. We stopped paying attention for a bit, looked up, and two us back in the game. I'm like, this ain't right. Right. He finished the game. I was like, man, listen, you had folks after that game, a lot of ex-players and, and analysts saying, he should in there. Something don't seem right. How I go from his head to now his back. I got a bad back. Right. I know when your back lap lock up, you don't dip like that. Right. And there's a lot of players who are saying, your back does not cause you to dip like that. That's not a back or ankle thing. Right. Four days later, they played the Bengals. Okay. On Thursday night football. If he was in concussion protocol, it normally takes about nine days to get right. There's no set time, but normally nine days. To clear. To clear. Mm -hmm. And so if he's in NFL protocol, you can kind of do it in seven. Mm -hmm. Nine is kind of the norm, but mm -hmm. there's no set time. So he wouldn't have played Thursday if he was in protocol. Right. But he wasn't in protocol. Tua told him his back hurt, and that's what the team went with. Cool. Had him out there Thursday night. Got hit hard. Slung down. Very scary to watch his fingers. I, I joke because he was throwing up gang signs the way his fingers were kind of just bent up. Mm -hmm. Suffered a concussion. He shouldn't have been out there. NFL and FPA did their investigation. They have an independent doctor who was supposed to clear these players as well as the team doctor. He got fired. NFL PA said, you know what? You go. They said, you did something wrong or Tua shouldn't have been out there from the Buffalo game. Right. Let's not even talk about Cincinnati. He shouldn't have been back out there from Buffalo. Mm. A lot of players have been upset. A lot of media have been upset about it. Caught an NFL out about it. Like, how are you about player safety? This, that, and the third. When clearly 
the eye test said Tua, no. Right. So the NFL got together and said they are changing their concussion protocol, rightfully so, mm-hmm. because he should not have been back out there. Right. What they did is they're changing a word. The word that they're now using is called ataxia. Ataxia is defined as the abnormality of balance, stability, motor coordination, or dysfunctional speech caused by a neurological issue. Ataxia is replacing the term gross motor instability and has been added to the list of symptoms that will prohibit a player from returning the game. Other symptoms are confusion, amnesia, and loss of consciousness. So, this is going to put them to a higher standard because if you watch that game from when they played Buffalo, I think the ataxia was there when his balance and stability was off. Wow. Well, first things first, I just want to say my apologies to your cousin who's a Dolphins fan. Let's start there. He's hurting. Second, for you being a Cowboys fan. We're looking good. And And third, third, for the Saints fans. You you know what? That was not what I was going to say for number three. You need to go ahead and, you know. That was not what I was going to say for number three. I know it hurts. Number three is you would think that the NFL has enough issues going on with head injuries, such as CTE, when these players finish playing and the issues that they had off the field. I thought that they would have more focus on head injuries, such as concussions, and that they were doing things already to prevent these issues from happening. Yeah. I not only am surprised at the NFL's lackadaisical approach, because I'll leave it at that, because this is not like it just came up yesterday. Mm-hmm. I'm disappointed in the team's approach to this. Yeah, I, I think the big focus has been on the team because they said Tua, during the locker room examination, said he didn't show any symptoms. The symptoms were shown on the field. Right. But that wasn't part of what they look for. And I guess he passed whatever test that the independent doctor and the team doctor gave. Back in the day for football, they used to have different levels of concussions. Mm-hmm. Which oh, doesn't okay. make sense. You had a minor concussion, a medium concussion, and a severe concussion. Mm-hmm. Right? It took them a while to realize there is no minor. This is the brain injury right. you have a minor trauma so back in the gap what they would do is you got a concussion you come to the sideline they give you some smelling salt which i don't know if you ever smelt that before Mm-mm. basically it's a stick of ammonia mm. crack it and if your head jerks back you know your faculties are good if your head isn't jerking back okay give them a few more whiffs it's gonna kick in at some point now if it never kicks in this cat doesn't need to play but they'll let you sit there and keep trying to hit the ammonia stick until you get some reaction. I smelled mm-hmm. it once. Never want to do it again. Mm-hmm. So they had those minor that or that. So if your head jerked back after a while, in the game you go. Mm. You must be good. Which is what I'm thinking has happened with two of them that, that, that he would have had a quote-unquote minor concussion back in his day. And it cleared up by the time they got to the locker room where he didn't show it. But you also have had other players say that they have flubbed their baseline test that what they test your stuff on. because Wait, the baseline test is done at the beginning of the year, of the year okay. to see how your brain is operating see if you got a concussion or not yada 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 so this is before we start I'm with the team start playing any bigger I mean right training games. camp happens okay. we're going to do your physical all this good stuff okay so because they want to play right and I think we kind of talked about it and I didn't get to answer your question about why would they risk it part yeah. of that is for your job and you say well how you there's been many players who've lost jobs because of injury you're not guaranteed your job because got hurt. So you telling me if a player goes on the field, uh-huh. gets a concussion, yeah, or any injury, out, 
wait for any injury. So they're not guaranteed to stay in the game. I mean, on the team. No, you will stay on the team. So what about in your salary? You still get paid. You will, but at the end of the year, now you're gonna have a conversation because oh, your key don't work when you show up to training camp. We may have to trade you. You may need to take a cut. Got you. Think Tom Brady. So Tom Brady got his start because Drew Bledsoe got hurt, and Drew Bledsoe oh, was playing yeah. good. Uh huh. He got hit in the ribs, almost died, bloody long in the whole nine. Right. Folks was like, okay, well, when Brady healed, when Bledsoe healed, he'll come back and start. Brady had him rolling. Right. Bill Belichick said, this, this is Brady's team now, Tom, or, or Drew, we appreciate you. You're number two on the bench. You're riding the bench. Tom took it to a Super Bowl that year. Drew had was shipped out of town because... He still felt like he should start. The team, they respect him enough. Like, we won't give you a chance to go start somewhere. Right. It ain't going to be here. Tony Romo, Dak Prescott. Tony uh -huh. had got hurt. The offensive coordinator for the Cowboys, he was supposed to be the quarterback. He got hurt. Dak came in. He balled out for like eight games in a row. And they're like, you know what? We're rocking with the young kid. Tony yeah. helped out. So you're you're not getting, that's just why players will take those chances because you may be the star, but you as good as your last play. Oh, wow. And it's, the saying is your best ability is available. So if you ain't available, we don't need you. So that's why players would do that. But yeah, there's a time where the coaches and others have to actually look out for the best interest of the players because they're not geared and wired to look out for their own interests. Mm -hmm. There's a financial incentive for them to be playing. There's a financial incentive for the coach wanting them to play because their job is tied to, this, especially if you're the quarterback, right? Mm -hmm. There's that financial incentive that if I don't win, I lose my job. But there's stories of coaches who've done the right thing, RC used to play for the Steelers. Sickle cell anemia. Doesn't work well in high altitudes. It's actually kind of life-threatening. If you got sickle cell anemia, you don't need to be going to Denver. He almost died playing in Denver one time because of the reaction to the high altitude. They had another game coming up in Denver. He worked with his doctors. Ryan had a, Ryan Clark, that's his name. He had a team of doctors who were like, yeah, he's good. We got plans. We know what we're going to do if he plays. We got this. We ready, coach. Let him play. And Ryan was like, yeah, let me play. And his coach was like, I'm, and he had a black man for his coach too, Mike Thomas. And of course, Ryan's black. And he's like, no, I look at him like my son. If he was my kid, I would not be letting you play. So I don't care what the doctors are saying. You ain't playing. Ryan was mad. He went against the advice of the doctors, but he He's like, yeah, we're not risking. Your life is worth more than this sport. Right. But for them, you know, a lot of times they just know I had to play. Yeah. So the NFL is odd to say they added that substitute protocol to try to do better. But I think there's going to be more conversations because they say if you can do blood tests and some other tests, you can do better diagnosed with concussions. And I don't think that's a part of the protocol now. And we'll see what they come up with during the offseason. But oh, and then two of us looking at movies on the way home from the Cincinnati game, which he shouldn't have been. That's bad for a concussion himself and he's still out they don't know when he's gonna return but he ain't playing this sunday either mm. oh yeah so it was enough for him to miss a couple games oh yeah after that second hit they, right they say the second concussion is always the worst this is the so do you think he would be missing a couple of games if the nfl hadn't changed the rule or started stepping in yes do you think the team no the team would have took him out for as long for yeah because he's the been next on, game the protocol that he is now in mm -hmm. wouldn't have been triggered by well i mean it would have been triggered by the site thing but it was done after the fact mm -hmm. so he was already failing concussion protocol tests then so now he was already in the concussion protocol role of the steps he has to now clear before he can play again so yeah he would not have even if the nfl didn't change that protocol he still wouldn't have been playing because one it was hard to look at and two yeah there is no way his head is is clear so he didn't play last sunday he's not playing this sunday and they haven't talked about a timetable for him to come back 
Mm. And I'm sure they're gonna take it very slow. There's some one of the neurologists, the guy who Will Smith played in the movie about concussions, the African doctor. I forgot oh, okay. what it was called. NFL got mad at that movie. Uh, oh he, yeah. He's come out and said that Tua needs to retire. He said, brother, he sent out a tweet. Said, brother, if, if I was your doctor, I'd tell you to retire from this game. You're never gonna be the same again. For your safety, hang him up. Stop. Yeah. He's. Like, I haven't seen none of his reports, none of his tests. It's just from the visual mm-hmm. that I saw, and it's two concussions in the span of four days. Yeah. Plus the trauma of, you know, he shouldn't have been flying back with the team to begin with. He should have stayed in the hospital overnight. That's a whole other conversation, I believe, anyway. Not a doctor, but I think he should have stayed in the whole night, flew back the next day or whatever. He shouldn't have flown back that night with the team, and he shouldn't have been watching a movie on the plane, because they say that light and flashing in the movies is, is not something you're supposed to be doing when you're suffering from a concussion. Mm. Alright, well, we'll see how that plays out, you know, because we'll see in the upcoming weeks whether he'll be back on the field, or if he'll be watching with us from home. I don't think we talked about this, but I wanted to bring it up. Prairie View, you heard about the athletic director was fired, Donald Reed, and effective immediately, John Gardner was named the interim athletic director at Prairie View. There was a press release, if you will, that was sent out of the immediate termination of the previous athletic director. I think there was some issues with from the faculty student body and alumni with the previous athletic director with Donald Reed. Mm-hmm. And hopefully those relations improve with John Gardner as the interim. I know the university is currently doing a nationwide search for a new director of athletics mm-hmm. to succeed Mr. Reed. Yeah, well, he had more than just staff and alumni probably. It wasn't there an issue about scheduling flights? Yeah. Or whatever for the team. I wasn't going to. No, no, no. Yeah, I know. Gonna... We're going to put it out there. Yes. There was issue with scheduling flights. There was a game or some competition that some athletes, I don't remember the exact. Hold on just a second now that you want to bring it up. I mean, look. If you, I know. You, I know. If we going to go there, we going to go all the way there. I know. It wasn't just fair. Just he had alumni issues doesn't sound like a reason to fire him immediately. I right? know. Then during the season, right? I know. Okay. So, basically, the football team, they traveled to Alabama State when they arrived at the airport. There was no plane to take them to the game. The team had to wait five hours for a plane to come and transport them. Nonetheless, shout out to Prairie View because they did win the game. And when Ruth Simmons, this is her statement, Mm -hmm. she's saying that when she kept asking how it happened because it was a horrible incident, the accountability was an issue. And however, she was taking full responsibility as a president and Mm -hmm. she felt that the necessary decision in response to that particular incident as well as what I was saying before was the reason why she terminated him immediately. Right. There was other issues in the athletic department that they didn't get into, but it's been happening for months. Yes. And so that was kind of the camel and the straw. Right. Right. I was trying to keep family business, family business. I'm going to homecoming. You're going to have everybody, all the alumni and students side-eyeing me, talking about you putting all our business on the radio. It's in Sports Illustrated. If if they... If they come to you, be like, look, grab a paper. Okay. Right. This, this isn't something grab that... Grab a subscription. ...was quietly mentioned. Right. No, he would let go. Right. I mean, and, I mean, there have been a lot of people that have rejoiced in that termination. Well, they, they, don't, they ain't gonna care. As far as being mad at you for putting your family business out in the street. Okay. Speaking of family business, shout out to Texas State. They beat Appalachian State this past Saturday. Whoop, whoop. I'm happy with my athletic director and school president. I mean, this is the week after Appalachian State came and beat Texas A&M. I can't tell because every week you're talking about We put them paws on A&T. Them. I can't I mean, tell. You want, me, you want me to pull up A&T? I no, can. I don't. I don't. You sure? I don't. I really don't want to hear any Aggie news right now. Because you mentioned them. I don't. Okay, you sure? <laughs> 
They don't. But Morehouse, they took top prize at Black Enterprises HBCU Hackathon. So the seventh annual hackathon, it was looking for the best of the best in tech among the HBCUs across the country. This three-member team, they scored first place in the final round. It's innovative luggage tap app. It will give customers ease and affordability when checking baggage. Impress the Black Enterprise smart panel of judges comprised of top executives from American and DX technology among other tech companies second and third place winners came from alabama a&m binary beast for its rewards app and team tie for its innovative enhancement of american airlines advantage program there were 23 teams from 19 hbcus in total 111 students participated just want to send out congratulations to not only the winners but the participants because i think that everybody that contributed did a contribution not only to the world of technology but to our world in general so thank you don't even do it don't because i know for it. no i know what you're about to do you asked for it i know what you're about to do we have to don't even do it and since you're the people and this is what you want shout out to ant because they are designing some homecoming speaking of homecoming they got some homecoming nikes they work with nike to, and one of their students designed sneakers for their homecoming and they're one of four hbcus that got to do this so who were the other four well, i didn't mention the other four so it doesn't matter um <laughs> they said nike released four styles of sneakers to highlight hbcus through its yard runners 2.0 campaign north carolina a t they're getting some dunks yeah man they're great i'm sure your cousin ain't he coming going through your homecoming he, he, he should now, get a pair and he's missing that homecoming to come to oh so he should, he should get a pair of these and rock them at pv no because the rule was do not wear any a&t attire to prairie view a&m university's homecoming on the hill i'm sure my mama gonna want a pair so this is the great represent the cement of the building it's also a metaphor wait for we have gray on the shoes representing cement it's more if you want to just listen and educate yourself you're good it's also a metaphor for our stories being submitted in history, not easily broken. The laces and the tongue are the big infamous yellow staircase. Then the bottom of the shoe is grass because it was a joke on our campus. A&T always keeps the grass cut low because the pride we have on campus. And then inside the tongue is a dorm with, from Greensboro with love, of course nod to the city. And then on the back of the shoe, it has the year 1891. So, if it makes you feel good, they were designed by a black woman. Does that help you any at all? Okay. Speaking uh, of I'll black woman. Ariel Robinson. Okay. Is her name. So, shout out to the sister for doing good things. You know what? Speaking of black women, we're going to pivot to black excellence. Well, I guess we were kind of already in it. But you know what? <clears throat> We're going to continue within our Black Excellence segment and talk about these two black women in Detroit that have started a country club All right. with a twist. What's the twist? Ah, it's catered to black women. So it's a space to decompress from black women's daily work and family duties. So this originated back in 2018 when these two ladies... Tiffany Griffin and Latoy Morris founded Mahogany Manor. They met while teaching at Detroit Windsor Dance Academy years ago. And as they ventured through their busy schedules, they noticed that they really never had a place or space in which to get away from the hustle and bustle of life. They started off doing funny mom quotes and it went to moms need a place and a space, but then it went to wives need a space. And then it was like, well, business women need a space and specific 
specifically black women, just in this space where we can be ourselves and accept one another. They're getting a permanent location that will have about five different locations, excuse me, 10,000 plus members and the hopes of becoming a household name. They started there in Detroit. They've made it here on the grapevine. Kudos to these ladies. Yes, yeah, shout out to the ladies for doing wonderful things. Started country clubs, designing shoes. That will be available in your sneakers app on October 24th. These ladies are doing great things. You know what? Okay, go ahead. I don't know how this is going to go live because you know what? <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be really interesting having this show become a live show. Uh-huh. It's going to be so much You fun. know, like this this A&T story, just for y'all to know, it, it's not on our list of stories to do. It wasn't, but she asked for one. so I, I did one. not. And I she want the people to know. I never asked for this story. I've mentioned Texas State and giving them credit for being Appalachian State, which is a great school. I know. I'm just saying. Team. They beat A&M and then Texas State beat Appalachian State and then she was just like, I don't know. You know, she mentioned a like she wanted to hear some a and news. So I, as my man said, you got to give the people what they want. You got to give the people what they need. Okay. And she's the people. Did I give you enough time to look up a peaky story? You gave me enough time and I had so many stories, but you know what? We just going to hit this last story. The okay. Minority Coaching Coalition to get $1.5 million boost from Under Armour. What you got? Yeah, I'm happy for them. So we know that there are too few black head coaches in college football, just as there is in professional football. True. Right? So we can say college football is roughly 50% black player level, right? And then out of the 131 FBF jobs, only 15 of them are held by black men. Dang, really? Yeah. This is from the NCAA's own number. Wow. So 61% of football players in the SEC are black, yet there are no black head coaches in one of the richest and certainly the most recently successful conferences in the sports. Yeah, SEC. Wait, there's no black coaches in the SEC? Not a head coach. Really? Not a one. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, in an effort to help out with this, Under Armour has ramped up its five-year commitment to the National Coalition of Minority Football Coaches with a $1.5 million investment, much of which will go to expanding the coalition's academy program, which pairs up-and-coming black coaches with sitting athletic directors. Nice. So this is a chance to get those directors to know who these players are. Mm-hmm. Uh, not players, but get to know who these coaches are and get them a chance to meet these presidents who don't always get a chance to meet these coaches or have a relationship with them. Or not presidents, just athletic directors. Athletic directors, I'm sorry. Yeah, mm-hmm. to have a relationship with them because we know that a lot of these hires are based off people they know or have relationships with. And not everybody is a Deion Sanders, so. Or, or Jackson State. Or a what? Swack, where Prairie View is. Just want to say that. Say that. I don't know how that ties into this, but yes, not everybody is, is a Deion Sanders and had that name recognition already that people know. Because Deion wasn't just for Jackson State, Florida. His alma mater wanted him, Florida State. I know, but you want to come to the SWAC so he can and play Prairie View. There were other schools that wanted him, and he wanted to go to an HBCU that where he could play Prairie View. Those schools up, so shout out to Deion for that. But this is going to and help shout those. out to the Panthers because you know we made it to the title game. We ain't gonna talk about the result, but why not? Who y'all played in the title game? Anyway, representation. <laughs> matters <laughs> for these coaches. So this is a chance for them to get to the scene on that FBS level and get them to know these athletic directors and help out with that. So Right, um, yo, right. Shout out to Under Armour for putting some money behind their mouth. Right, right. So I know this is the worst part of the show for us because it's the end of the show, but this is a reminder that next week you don't have to listen to us on Thursday. Tune in on Friday. Yes. We will have our live show that will begin next Friday, October 21st. With more Aggie facts. No. We... (laughs) 
And I want y'all to hear that pause too. No, but we will have our show that will be live beginning October 21st from 12 to 1 p.m. We'll love to hear from you, our listeners. I We thank you so much to have made our show a success, have made us one of the more recognized shows here on the station yes. and be able to move not only from just talk chatting with y'all for 30 minutes, but to an hour and be able to engage with y'all on a more weekly basis. Yes. So come and end your week with us. Come laugh with us. Yes. Come, I guess, don't yell at us too much. Get some Aggie facts. And enjoy yourselves. I am not going to do this with you. Man, y'all see what I'm going through? Maybe y'all can call in and give some good PV facts. Or some North Carolina Central, because I am a Central grad, too. So shout out to the Legal Eagles out there. Wow. But happy birthday, Dad. Happy birthday, Uncle Corbin. Okay. Completed those. To remind remind folks, not the same day. No, yeah, not the same day. Not the same day. Right. Right. Okay. But um Is that the uncle that's coming to the game? No. Uh, no. No. Well, no. I hope they I hope he reaches out to you when he hears this. He absolutely will. And matter of fact, some he will be facts. here. He will be here during one of our live shows. Uh-huh. So I'm pretty sure. Oh, he should come to the studio. Okay, now you asking for too much. She but... should bring some something bring something Aggie. No, don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go We've go already told him, don't even pack anything in that suitcase. Oh, yeah, yeah. With Aggie some, paraphernalia. Where's some Aggie stuff? That'll be good. But all right. We are checking out and signing off for this week. Yep. You are listening to The Grapevine. See you next week.